morning, everyone. It's time for us to begin this morning. We want to welcome everyone to the services here at West Irwin this morning. Whether We've got a lot of people I know that are joining us online. We always have a big number every Sunday that, uh, that uh, logs in on their computers. So we're glad, we're glad to see everyone here today. Let's begin with our first song, I Will Call Upon the Lord. Let's all stand as we sing this song. I will call upon the Thank you. 
morning. We'd like to welcome each of you to our worship service here today at West Irwin. Uh, if you're visiting with us on uh, in the audience, we welcome you as our honored guest. Uh, if you're viewing this on the on the World Wide Web uh, streaming, we invite you uh, to continue to do that if you feel comfortable in that and not in in the physical presence in the auditorium. So uh, we're, we're glad that is available. Uh, November 11th has been set aside as Veterans Day. Uh, we have uh, over 40 men and women listed on the in the bulletin that have served in the armed forces, and we do appreciate your service for that. I think more will be said toward the end at the end of the worship service today about that. Um, also, uh, next Sunday, uh, elders have uh, selected Grant Knight to become an elder, and uh, after. Uh, period of the last two weeks will be two weeks next Sunday. Uh, there's no objections to that. Uh, there will be an installation service next Sunday for Grant Knight. Now this uh, week's been pretty stressful. Uh, I think there's a lot of, lot of concern about uh, where we are as a nation. Uh, and normally I wouldn't get up here and say much politically from the pulpit, but this is a, a great concern for the members of the church, for Christians nationwide. Uh, what's at stake is, is the eventual uh, lack of freedom to worship, and I think we need to be very concerned about that and do, do all we can. I know the election is over, and apparently uh, uh, they have a president-elect, but there's still some court issues to be resolved, and Bill mentioned this in class this morning. Uh, uh, maybe some recounts uh, that may or may not come about as as it is apparent at this time. But uh, we do need to continue to pray for our nation and pray for uh, correct uh, voting procedures. We need to pray for uh, outcomes that will help the church and not hinder it. And I've heard it said uh, over the last few weeks that, you know, we're just ready for the Lord to come. And, you know, the sooner he gets here, the better. You know, we won't have to deal with all these problems. And even before the election that was mentioned, uh, you know, maybe we won't even have to worry about it. Maybe the Lord will come. But the Lord doesn't come, hasn't come yet, because he's patient. He's willing and long-suffering that uh, more may come to repentance. And we need to realize that. We need to do our part in, in tolerating where we are now because it's giving those that are lost, more of an opportunity to know the Lord. Uh, some of the things we need to, to remember is that God is in control. And uh, God is God. As Bill said, we're not. Uh, I know Michael Hurley's been teaching on Abaca the last uh, few weeks. Uh, some of the life principles that played an important part in the role of Abaca were... Uh, God does not require us to understand his will, just obey it, uh, even if it seems unreasonable to us. You know, we're, we're not God. Trusting God means looking beyond what we can see to what God can see. You know, he's, he's always had a plan for us, even from creation he's had a plan. Um, when he knew that man would fall, he had a plan, how he could... Uh, that could be rectified and we could still spend eternity with the creator. The righteous uh, must and, and will always live by faith. We need to uh, increase our faith. We need to diminish our, our fear. We need to replace that fear with faith. So uh, as we go through these next few weeks uh, to see how the, the election finally turns out, we need to continue to pray that God's will will be done, that we will accept God's will, and uh, that he cares for us. He cares for each one of us. Let us pray. Father, we come to before you today thanking you for the opportunity that we have to, to assemble in your name, to worship freely. We pray that uh, we will always have that right, and that we will always be able to uh, come together as brothers and sisters and and offer our praise and, and glory to you and that we will be able to edify one another by being together. 
Father, we uh, pray that you will be with our country. We pray that you will continue to uh, guide those people that are involved in, in the leadership of this country. We, we pray that uh, the final election results will, will be as a result of, of truth and honesty and integrity. Father, we know that many, many times uh, as humans uh, we, we seek power, we seek uh, authority, we seek things that uh, uh, we don't deserve, things that will uh, affect those around us uh, simply because uh, we have control over that. And uh, we pray that you would forgive us whenever we do seek that power wrongly, that we seek uh, to control other people by by manipulation and, and uh, the things that we do and say and, and what we we hold in, in office. Uh, Father, we know that, that Christ told Pilate that, that he had no power except it was given to him from above. He did not really have the power to uh, cause Christ to die or be released, but, but any power that he did have was, was from God. Father, we, we uh, know that you're patient. We know that you uh, want more people to come to repentance and to know you. And, Father, that is the reason in the Christ's delayed coming is so that more people may uh, become Christians and be, be saved. Father, help us to keep that in mind. Help us to uh, uh, do our part in, in teaching others and spreading the word to those around us. Father, we're thankful for the opportunities that we have as, as a church to uh, help the, the, the uh, hungry and help the uh, needy. We're thankful for the opportunity we have to spread the word around the world and to uh, cause uh, men, to train men in Central America to go out and, and preach your word. Father, we, we ask that you'd be with those that are, are sick and those that uh, have lost loved ones recently. We pray that you'll comfort them. Father, we know that the, the COVID virus is affecting many and uh, some within our congregation. We pray that you'll be with uh, Leanne Knight's uh, father. We pray that you'll continue to be with the Mowrys. And Father, that you'll be with the family members of the Lathams. We, we know that they're concerned about that. Father, we, we realize that you are in control and help us to always remember that. And we know that you uh, uh, have a plan for us and those that are around us and those that we love. We pray that we will uh, be less fearful and fretful over the current situation, but that you would increase our faith so that we may withstand these, these times. Father, again, we're thankful for West Irwin. We pray that you will help us as a congregation to do your will. And Father, help us as an eldership to, uh, to uh, lead this congregation in the way that you would want them led. Father, these things we ask through your son's name. Amen.
have a graph here. You probably can't see it. This is, sorry. But anyway, this graph is a COVID-19 graph that Smith County sends out each and every day. And my wife keeps this in our pantry. She checks it out about every two days. And so we look at it, and it's, uh, it's just simply talking about the COVID cases. And uh, we look at it to really determine if it's safe for us to, to get out, to get about. And she calls it our freedom graph. And what we're doing is we're waiting for it to go down and stay down. And we're still waiting. You know, 2020 has been a year of waiting. We're waiting about the quarantine. We're waiting about the votes. It's just a time of waiting. And today, we're waiting for another reason. We're waiting for the Lord's return. That's a special reason to be waiting. And we're patiently waiting for that. You know, this is an opportunity right now that Jesus gives us each moment, each week, so we can rejoice in this wait. You know, people ask me, you take communion each week? Doesn't that get old? And I look at them and I say, no, it never gets old. It gets special each and every time. Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 that God will keep us strong to the end as we eagerly wait for our Lord Jesus Christ to be revealed. We can wait with joy and we can wait with assurance because verse 7 tells us God who has called you into fellowship with the Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, is faithful. That's why we take the Lord's Supper. Would you pray with me? Our most gracious Heavenly Father, we're so thankful for this opportunity this opportunity to drink of the cup, to know this symbol is the blood of our Savior. This blood that he shed for me and for you to give us eternal life. We are so blessed and we are so thankful. And it's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. Pray with me, please. Dear God, just thank you. So very, very thankful for this opportunity as we partake of the, of the bread, the bread that showed the flesh of our Jesus that he gave for us that we might have eternal life. And now the drink, the drink from the cup to show his blood to symbolize what he did for us, how he died for us, and that someday how he will come back for us. And it's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. we have the opportunity to give back. And some of the things that have gone on because of this COVID situation, not being able to 
really partake of the Lord's Supper like we always have, of men carrying the, the, the cups by and the bread by. It's changed things. And now, during our time of giving back, giving back to our Lord, to our God, all the things that he has given us for our monetary things to give back to him, to this church. It's, it's changed. I know as a small young man, it was a, just a great privilege, a great time for me that when that plate was passed in front of me, I took my coins and I put them in that plate. And it was special. It was a special, special time. Well, things to me right now, because they're out of sync, sometimes because of the way we're giving back now, whether it's online, you're sending in your, your monetary check, your different things, how you're doing this, sometimes I forget. I really forget that it's time to give back. I hope you're not like me. I hope that there's times that you don't forget to give back your money, your love to your God. So... This time, however you give back, however the way you do it as far as your money, please don't forget to do that. God will always bless us and take care of us. And I know these times are tough, and I know they're hard. But give back to this Lord, to this God, to our Savior, the things that he has given to us. Would you pray with me, please? Thank you, God, so much for this opportunity to give back, to give back monetarily to you, to this church. Just help us, dear God. Help us through these times, and I know the times are tough, but help us, help us to always remember whatever we have to give it back because we love you so much. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You're part of the children's worship program. It's time to uh, head to those rooms at this time. And before Bill's message to us this morning, let's all stand and we'll sing, I Stand in Awe. You are beautiful beyond indeed. You may or may not have heard, but there was an election this past week. I don't know if you knew that. Um, and uh, it's not over yet. This is the election that never ends, apparently. And it's going to go on at least for a while. And as our shepherd Jay Bynum led us in prayer and meditation, uh, we certainly keep that and our leaders and our nation and our communities, our families and our future uh, in our prayers as we look ahead to what's ahead. And so I wanted to use this time in this message to ask and answer this question, so now what? Uh, what do we do now? Um, I, and I think that uh, that is something that, interestingly enough, um, the sun still rose this morning. Perhaps you noticed that as well. And I, until that time, as Jay shared, that when, when God's patience runs out, 
And he does send his son, as Second Peter 3 says. Uh, as Jay pointed out, it is because of God's grace and his mercy, uh, allowing us more opportunity to share that message and for others to repent. But then it says the day of the Lord will come, and that day uh, certainly will will happen. But until then, the sun is going to rise each day, and we are going to have a call to serve. We're grateful for our veterans, and we appreciate uh, those that are helping us honor them today. And uh, uh, Gary will mention this at the end of our service, but there's a gift for you uh, at our Family Life Center that you can just drive through and receive in the days of COVID-19. We're doing that a little differently. But that gives us, because of the sacrifices of so many, we have this wonderful opportunity and blessing to have a say in our leadership and to have a say in how our country uh, goes. And that's a, that's a blessing that not everyone in the world shares. And so we're thankful to God for that and for those who have made and continue to make that uh, possible. But I, again, since, since we've had this election and now in the, in the days and weeks to come, we will uh, see all of that finalized and however that goes. And then we'll have that inauguration in January, uh, whoever that is. And, uh, and then we'll, we'll continue on. The good news is that it will be 2021. Bye-bye 2020. Wow. Please don't let the door hit you in the back on your way. Uh, But feel free to leave. Uh, That'll be A-OK. Well, uh, I want to share down the line a little bit, not today, but down the line a little bit about what what we've learned this year and what, what has God tried to teach us and what our... Romans 8.28 firmly affirms that God can take the worst of situations and, and he can bring good from those things. God does that. And I think that he's doing that this year as well. So now what? Well, I want to share a few things and then have several things to say at the end as we consider what happens now. And again, thinking of it from the perspective in this series of what I believe and why. And so I want to share a few things about that today. First of all, I believe in the power of God. Shared a little bit about this last week, understanding that I believe in the power of prayer because I believe in the power of God. Last week, as we asked the question, in God, do we trust, really? And not asking it from the perspective of our nation but asking it from the perspective of our church and of me individually. In God, do, do I trust? Is my trust in God? Or is my trust in something else? And if my trust is in something else and my world falls apart, when that something else falls apart, that's called idolatry in the Bible. That's called worshiping something as God that, that's not God and that is going to have the tendency to disappoint at times. Just as Habakkuk shared, as Michael is sharing in the class, and as Jay mentioned, that was a, a very difficult time in the 6th century BC when um, Jeremiah and Habakkuk and the others were seeing the Babylonians, the pagan, ruthless, selfish Babylonians come in, and, and God used a more righteous nation to punish or to be punished by a less righteous nation, and that didn't make sense. To Habakkuk, but we believe in the power of God. And so we trust and we have faith. A few scripture passages that are on your outline. If you're watching online, I hope you're able to access that outline through our website. If you have it here and you may want to fill in a blank or two, that's fine. Please note the scripture passages for further study. But one of those is 1 Corinthians chapter 1 that talks about the power of God. But it talks about it from the perspective of the cross of Christ. And that's another one of those things that just flat out doesn't make sense to us. Didn't make sense to those who were gathered around that cross. And challenged Jesus to show his power 
and to come down from that cross and they would believe. But Jesus refused to do so because he refused to display worldly power. Instead, he displayed godly power. 1 Corinthians 1 talks about the wisdom and the power of God, but it speaks of it again from the perspective of the cross, and that doesn't make sense. To the Jews, he says that's a scandal, and that's the exact word, scandalous. To think of the Savior, the long-awaited Messiah, the son of David, being killed on on a cross, becoming a curse as a criminal. That was scandalous. To the Greeks, to the Gentiles, the non-Jews, it was just plain foolish. That was crazy. It just didn't make sense. That's not how power works. The ones who had the power that day were the Jewish leaders and the Romans. They put Jesus to death. But that's not the way God views power. I believe in the power of God. That means sometimes it doesn't make sense to me. Most of the time it does. Paul prayed about his thorn in the flesh in 2 Corinthians 12, thinking that he could be a much more effective minister and missionary if God would take that thorn away. But God's answer to his very fervent, very faithful prayer was, no, no, Paul, you're going to be just as great a servant, even greater for me, with that thorn right there in place, whatever it was. Because Jesus told him, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in your weakness, not in your strength. And so Paul says, I'm I'm good with that. I'll go forward with that, God, because when I am weak, then I am strong. But as Paul writes the letter of 2 Timothy, what we call 2 Timothy, to his young protege, we're going to read a few verses from 2 Timothy chapter 1 because he talks about power and the power that is available to us. Not just the power that's seen from the, on the cross, but actually the power that is available to us. In 2 Timothy chapter 1, beginning at verse 7, <clears throat> For the spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. So do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord or of me, his prisoner. Rather, join with me in suffering for the gospel by the power of God. And that's, that's a contradiction the way the world sees things. If you're suffering, then the power is not there. Somebody else has the power. But again, that's worldly power. That's not the power of God. The power of God can be seen clearly in suffering, not in all suffering, but in suffering that's done for the cause of Christ, yes. Verse 9 of 2 Timothy 1, he has saved us and called us to a holy life, not because of anything we have done, but because of his own purpose and grace. This grace was given us in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time, but it has now been revealed through the appearing of our Savior, Christ Jesus, who has destroyed death, and has brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. And of this gospel, I was appointed a herald and an apostle and a teacher. A familiar verse in 2 Timothy 1, verse 12, that we sing sometimes. That is why I am suffering as I am. Yet this is no cause for shame, because I know whom I have believed, and am convinced that he is able to guard what I have entrusted him until that day. That's the power of God. It's not seen in the way the world measures power. But Paul says, I firmly believe that, and and we have that power. We don't have to be shy. We don't have to be timid. We don't have to be weak the way God measures weakness. We can be strong even when others are persecuting us. Even when we suffer, we can still be strong. Why? Because of the power of God power of God that it has, that is at work in us. I believe in the power of God. And so, yes, we wait, but we wait, as has been said today, with joy. We wait with assurance. As Danny shared, as we gathered around the table, and what a wonderful message that was. We, we need to gather around the table every week right now, do we not? Far from becoming old and and tiring, it is something that is absolutely essential now more than ever to be able to gather around the table and whether we're at home watching online or here in our auditorium or wherever we might be, being able to 
remember that death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ when the power of God was truly displayed. And know, know that he gives us that same power and love and self-discipline. I believe in the power of God. Secondly, I believe in the significance of the church. I believe in the significance of the church. This is what we see in Scripture in passages such as Matthew chapter 16, one of two places where the word church is found, the other in Matthew 18. But in Matthew 16, Jesus asks his apostles, who do people say that I am? What's the word on the internet? What is social media saying about me right now? And they say all oh, lots of things. You know, you know people, some say you're one of the prophets, some say you're Elijah, some say this, some say that, maybe John the Baptist come back from the dead. And then Jesus points his finger at them and says, well, what about you? Who do you say I am? And Peter, in one of those great moments of clarity, of actual divine revelation, he says, you're the Christ, you're the Messiah, you're the son of the living God. And Jesus affirms him, and in doing so, he looks back at what Peter just said, and he said, on this rock, I will build my church. I will build my church. I believe in the significance of the church, but when you read the verses that follow that passage, we're reminded once again of what that means, of the power of God. Because in that passage that follows, Jesus says, look, here's what this means for me. What it means for me is the cross crucifixion and then resurrection and and what it means for you Jesus says same thing but in a different vein that you take up your cross and you follow after me as well I believe in the significance of the church Ephesians 1 speaks about that I do want to read a few verses from Colossians chapter 1 that remind us of the significance of the church Colossians 1, beginning at verse 13. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. The Son, verse 15, is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities. All things have been created through him and by him and for him. He is before all things, verse 17, and in him all things hold together. He is creator, he is sustainer, but he is also savior. Verse 18, he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have the supremacy. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Jesus is creator. Jesus is sustainer. Jesus is Savior giving his life, and Jesus is the head of his body, the church. I believe in the significance of the church. And so I believe that God's got this. Yes, in God we do trust. And yes, I believe this is still my Father's. I believe in the significance of the church. He has given his message, but also his spirit and his presence and his power to us to be able to continue his ministry and his mission, to be a part of that mission. That's the goal and the role of the church. I believe in the power of God, and I believe in the significance of the church. And because of those two things, lastly today, I believe that the church, this church, will be the salt of the earth and the light of the world in the months and years ahead. And no earthly election is going to change that. Sometimes your candidate will win, sometimes they won't. In both cases, the church 
is to be the salt of the earth and the light of the world. And I don't believe that just about the church overall. I believe that about this church. This specific church. That we are called, as the West Irwin Church of Christ, we are called to be the salt of the earth and to be the light of the world. That's what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5. And as Jay shared, that means reaching out to others and, and helping them to see the message that saves. Helping them to see the one person that has the power to save. And as confusing as it is to think that that power was displayed by his life being ended as a criminal on a cross, we realize that the next few days were absolutely significant as well. That on the third day he was raised from the dead and the stone was rolled away and the seal was broken and the tomb was empty. That's the message that the church this church shares with others. And I think you and I have a great opportunity as much as at any time to do that now. Because when our friends or our family members or our co-workers or our fellow students, the ones that we get placed in front of us by the Lord God to have an impact on and an influence on, when they see our calmness in light of craziness all around, it can have an effect. It can have an impact. And they may say, why, why, do, you, why, do, you, why do you think this is going to be okay? Why would you think that? <clears throat> and no matter who wins the recount, <laughs> we say that for the same reason. We say that for the same reason we've said it for the last four years. We say that for the same reason we said it for the eight years before that and the eight years before that and on and on. It's going to be okay because I believe in the power of God. I believe in the empty tomb. I believe in the significance of the church. And God has called us to share that message. These words that we read in 1 Peter chapter 2 remind us of what the church's call really is. 1 Peter 2 verse 9, But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. It's not just supposed to stop with us. It's great to be called out of darkness into his marvelous light. So now tell somebody that. When you have the opportunity and with love and humility, but tell them. That's our mission. Once you were not a people, verse 10, but now you're the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. And that's hard in a world that doesn't quite get that. And that doesn't quite appreciate that. And at times is actually offended by that. And that's the rest of this, not just this passage, but the rest of First Peter. Starting with chapter 2, verse 11. Dear friends, I urge you as foreigners and exiles to abstain from sinful desires which war against your soul. Live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, They may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. Just as Jesus said in Matthew 5, let them see your good deeds and praise your heavenly father. Peter says the same thing to people who actually that's all the opening they had. Was to live a life of faith and trust and obedience and love right in front of all their friends. And so verse 13 says, submit, submit yourselves to the, for the Lord's sake to every human authority. Not for their sake, not even for your sake, but because it's the right thing to do. You do this out of obedience to Christ. Whether to the emperor as a supreme authority or to governors who are sent by him to punish those who do wrong and to commend those who do right. 1 Peter 2 verse 15, for it is God's will that by doing good, You should silence the ignorant talk of foolish people. What we want to do is we want to tell them how ignorant fools they are. (laughs) 
And Peter says, no, God's got that part. He'll take care of that in his own good time. Here's your part. Just do good. Whoever lives in the White House, whoever has the majority in the House and the Senate, whoever's got the majority in the Supreme Court, here's our job. It is God's will that by doing good, we're able to silence the ignorant talk of foolish people. Live as free people, but don't use your freedom as a cover-up for evil. says the same thing in Galatians 5. And in 1 Corinthians, show proper respect to everyone. Love the family of believers. Fear God. Honor the emperor. And then he goes on and he talks about, well, what happens if you're treated unfairly? And we don't like that. We believe in in liberty and justice for all, especially us. (laughs) And when we're not treated justly, it wears on us. Well, you may recall this, but... Jesus also suffered unjustly. And that's the example that he shares in the verses that follow. And and he borrows from Isaiah 53, and he reminds us that Jesus went through far more. How did he do it? Well, the middle of verse 23 tells us that. That verse starts out, when they hurled their insults at him, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, what did he do instead? Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. And so it may come down uh, to that whole idea of adjusting our expectations. If your expectations are always to be treated justly in this world, that's going to be hit and miss. And sometimes the miss is going to be pretty hard to take. It was hard for Jesus. But instead of relying on that, instead of relying on a good verdict from the Jewish leaders, instead of relying on Pilate to set him free, Jesus entrusted himself to him who judges justly. And that's what we do as well. And we pray, as the disciples did in Acts chapter 4, not just for safety, not just for uh, things to be better, but for things to be better so that God's word can be shared. We pray so that we can have boldness and strength. That even when there's a price to be paid for it, we will honor our God and we will confess the name of Jesus Christ. I believe that the church, this church, will be the salt of the earth and the light of the world in the months and years ahead. I truly, truly believe that. And so as we close today, five short responses in answer to this question. What will we do in the days and months and years ahead? What will this look like? Number one, we will continue to submit. We will continue to submit. And that's not a nice word in the United States of America. (laughs) Submitting is not a nice word. Submission is not a nice word. It's just like those who have power don't have to submit. But whether we have power or not, we will continue to submit to God first and then to our civil authorities. And people in the world, even some of our own friends and family, they won't understand that. And that's 1 Corinthians 1 again. They think that's scandalous. They think that's foolish because they're seeing it from the world's perspective. They're viewing power as the world views power and not as the one crucified unjustly on a cross viewed power. We will continue to submit. Secondly, we will continue to trust. We will continue to trust in the King of Kings. This week, Joyce read me something that she saw online and it said... um, which image, uh, an animal, do you ultimately trust in? Is it an elephant? Is it a donkey? Or is it a lamb? And in the words of Revelation, is it a lamb looking as if it had been slain, killed, dead? 
It's not the lamb that we see sometime as a powerful creature, but it's a lamb who has been killed, who has been slain. It's that lamb that we trust in. We will continue to trust in the King of Kings. We will continue to pray. We will continue to pray. Pray for our civil leaders in our nation. Pray for our loved ones, our families, and we will continue to pray for our church. Number four, we will continue to serve everyone. We will continue to serve everyone. As much as we have the resources and the ability to do so, we will continue to serve. That's what we're called upon to do. That's what the Son of God came and did. Matthew 20 saying, The Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve. That was his mission. And part of that serving meant giving his life as a ransom for many. Some of that serving may be serving in our benevolence center for carrying kitchen on some Monday nights or for uh, handing out food on Wednesday mornings. Some of that serving may be teaching a Bible class or some of that serving may be taking food to someone who is shut in or, or who is going through a difficult time or sending a card or sending a text message. Whatever it might be, we will continue to serve and some of that service may involve speaking a word about the Lord, sharing the faith with somebody who needs to hear it. We will continue to serve. And finally, we will continue to worship. We will continue to worship God alone. Nobody else, nothing else. We will continue to worship God alone. That's what we've sung today. We bow down and we worship you, Lord. Lord of, our, of all lords, you will be. Holy God, to whom all praise is due. I stand in awe of you, God, and only you, God. This morning, if we can help you get closer to that one who died for you, come as we stand, as we sing our song together. I sing praises to your name. Sublet and her cooking crew has a lunch prepared for all the veterans and their spouse. So all you've got to do is pull through the parking lot of the Family Life Center and they will be handing out these lunches to you. They've got them all prepared and everything. So if you're a veteran, be sure and pull through the Family Life Center and pick up your, your lunch today. We greatly appreciate Connie and her our closing song this morning will be God Bless America. Then Tom Clark will direct our minds in prayer. God bless America.
what we bow. Our gracious and kind Heavenly Father, you are, you are so great. You have supplied this congregation with wonderful shepherds. And we are so blessed. There are those in this audience who have been shepherds, and they too continue to serve you. It is such a great feeling to be blessed knowing that there are those in this congregation that do things that are beyond, just beyond words, Father. You have blessed us with those individuals at whatever station there is. This congregation is strong. They look towards you for answers and their walk. I know I do, Father. I look towards you, hoping that I serve you well. And so, Father, as we close this hour, go with us, Father, lead, guide, and direct us, We give thee all the glory in Christ's name. Amen.